friends. I am honored and thrilled to introduce I'd Rather Be Reading's 100th episode to you today. I am so excited about this. I cannot put it into words. Not many podcasters make it to this milestone. Podcasting is fantastic, but podcasting is also really hard. It can be cumbersome. It has taken me nearly two years and sometimes putting out two or three episodes a week to make it here. But I am so, so proud of the work we've done with this show. The concept for I'd Rather Be Reading sparked as I was preparing to quit my full-time job and go full-time freelance in April 2021. I thought the podcasting space needs a show specifically about nonfiction books. And I am so pleased with how this show has filled that gap. We have brought on famous guests, not famous guests, and some that are somewhere in between, but I have firmly kept my promise to only bring the best nonfiction books to you. This show represents all of my varied interests from fashion to personal growth, to sports, to politics, to health and wellness, to history, to pop culture, to so much more. And out of all the work I've done, I must say I am most proud of this show because it is the one project that I have full creative control on. And if I'm honest, there were many times throughout the show's run where I have said, I'm just going to walk away. Other projects take priority right now, but I'm so glad I never did. So today I present to you a really special episode for our centennial. Today we are talking to Cindy Spiegel, author of the recently released Micro Joys, Finding Hope, Especially When Life Is Not Okay. These past eight months, I haven't fully felt like myself. I have been mired in grief over a very personal and tough loss in my family last July. I've spoken about it a little bit on the show here and there. This book, Micro Joys, taught me a new way to look at life, to find life's beautiful, small, but so, so critically important moments of joy. Micro Joys are a practice of uncovering joy and finding hope at any moment. They are always accessible and always available, with the one caveat being that we must actively look for them. That is why I specifically chose this episode for our 100th. Some books I choose only apply to some of you, but this book applies to all of us. As you'll hear, Cindy discovered micro joys during the most difficult year of her life, a profoundly difficult year. Through the essays in this book, I too have started looking for more micro joys in my life, and I feel myself becoming myself again through this practice. I see joy and hope and promise every day where I quite frankly wasn't in the months before I read this book. Cindy is a former fashion executive, TEDx speaker, and the author of A Year of Positive Thinking. She's also been featured in Forbes, Glamour, Teen Vogue, and the Huffington Post, and is the founder of Dear Grown Ass Women, a social community for women that are 35 plus, of which I am newly a part, I'm 36. I am so excited for us all to raise a proverbial, or in my case, actual glass to our 100th episode with this conversation. Take a listen. Cindy, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Let's talk about micro joy. So the subtitle of the book is Finding Hope, Especially When Life Is Not Okay. So 
why is that hope? And I agree with you, but why is that hope in our darkest moments so critical? You know, it's a good question. And the truth of the matter is, even when we are going through the darkest moments, we deserve moments of respite. And that is not always what our culture teaches us. You know, it teaches us that we have to sit in the darkness or we can be happy. But the sort of thesis of this whole book is that we deserve those moments of respite throughout all of it. Yeah. And we, we need to give ourselves that. Absolutely. So I'd love to know, of course, listeners grab a copy of the book. You can learn all about micro joys, but I'd love for you in your own words to tell us what a micro joy is. Sure. Micro joys are the ability to access joy in spite of everything, Mm. right? So it's a mindset. It's a mindset that can be honed. And it's this mindset of really being able to access joy when you need it most. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's these easily attainable moments of respite. Well, I love how you put this in the book. Micro joys are a practice of discerning joy in any moment, accessible Mm -hmm. to everyone, particularly during difficult times. With time, this practice becomes a way of living because it offers us the perspective to observe timeless wisdom, understated beauty, and ordinary delights available to us in every moment in spite of all else. This reminds me, I, I don't honestly remember if I learned this in church or if I learned this from my grandmother, but that happiness is circumstantial, right? Mm. It depends on what's going on in our lives, but joy is not. Joy is devoid of circumstances. We can find joy, even if they're micro joys, anytime, anywhere. And we enjoy is to be found no matter what we're going through, even in our darkest season. So how did you come up with this term micro joy? And why did you choose to write a book about it? Well, you know, as we talked about in the the title of the book is Finding Hope, especially when life is not okay. I'll have to back up a little bit to say that in 2018, I wrote a book called A Year of Positive Thinking. That book did really well and was quite popular and is quite popular. But when 2020 happened, all of us went into quarantine. We were in the midst of a global pandemic. Three months into quarantine from the pandemic, my 32-year-old nephew was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same week that George Floyd was murdered. So Black Lives Matter really hit the global stage. Um, and it just became crushing, losing my nephew in the midst of everything that was happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And what I found, Rachel, was that I could not, I couldn't find any positivity. I couldn't find, like, you know, having written this book called The Year of Positive Thinking, I could find nothing in that moment to think positively about. And I didn't recognize myself. And and shortly after my nephew was killed, my beloved mother passed away only four months later. I'm so sorry about those losses. Thank you. you. Thank you for saying that. Uh, And within a month of my mom passing away, my brother went into, well, first he had a stroke and then he went into cardiac arrest Mm -hmm. uh, where he spent the next two and a half months in the ICU. And when he did get home, because thankfully he did, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I share all of that to say that there was this moment of compound grief. Now for someone who wrote a book about positive thinking, I felt like I was in this swell where life just kept coming at me and I couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. And I had never experienced anything like this before. But what I knew to be true as somebody who was always optimistic was that in that 
time frame, I couldn't find anything. You know, I, I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. I couldn't find myself. I couldn't find that eternal optimist that I had been my entire life up until this, this time. And what I started to do, and this really started within, you know, weeks maybe of my nephew being killed was trying to find these, these sort of moments that were easily attainable. So a micro joy that I remember discovering and not knowing a term for it at that point was going through a photo album following his death. And it was from when he was a child and kind of through tears, my family was sitting there and we were going through these adorable pictures of him as a kid and, you know, remembering all of these beautiful memories and traditions we had as a family. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment, you know, where there's both tears and there's laughter that I realized, you know, that, that joy is not binary. Joy is not all or nothing. And so it was from that point that I really just started to look for what was there, look for what was already in front of me. And again, I didn't necessarily have a name for it at the time. Um, And, and calling it micro joys was just sort of what rolled off the tip of my tongue, but truly micro joys aren't always small. They're simply easily attainable. They are what is already, you know, in front of us at any particular moment. Yeah. And and, well, first of all, my God, I mean, I am so sorry that you went through all of that. These micro joys are truly battle tested and, Mm. um, you know, you're not just sitting up here in your ivory tower, writing about the power of positive thinking, you have been through it. You really have been through it. And, you know, I, I, I mean, it's not a grief competition, but I can't say Mm -hmm. I've thankfully been through that much loss this year, but I too had a major loss within this last year. And I also have found myself saying, I don't recognize myself anymore. I, I don't feel as positive as I once was. And this book has really helped me begin to reclaim that. And I want to touch on something that you just said a moment ago, even though maybe the term micro implies that the micro joy is small or diminutive, you disagree. You call micro joys revolutionary and a chance to notice what is squarely in front of us, to acknowledge and appreciate the mundane beauty of what is already here in the present. So not only are micro joys always accessible, but you say we don't have to experience death or any great loss to pursue them, which probably is a huge relief to a lot of my mm-hmm. listeners. That's that you went through some extraordinary circumstances. So how can we start pursuing micro joys today? Oh, great question. And, and by the way, I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. I don't, so much. I don't want to allow that to pass. Thank you. You know, the, the entire book is really, you know, there are consider the sections at the end of every essay and that's purposely meant to not create a recipe for finding micro joys, but instead to empower you to really see the ways in which I have found micro joys so that you may find your own. Mm -hmm. And a few of, a few of the ways that I talk about in the book are, you know, this one's one of my favorites, which is choose an ordinary place, a place that you visit often and be present for every detail of the experience. There's an essay in the book called the spy shop. And it's about this shop that I went to all the time. It was in my Mm -hmm. neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Uh, And after I had experienced all this loss, I remember going to this, this shop in Brooklyn and using all of my senses to allow, like to really become present Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it was the most beautiful experience to smell the different scents, to hear the different languages, to touch different things, to taste the samples. And by being that present, almost three years later, Rachel, I can remember that day like it was yesterday. Because you were fully right? present. You were fully there. Fully how present. Life are we, how often in life are we not fully present. And for me, that's all the time distracted on the phone, distracted thinking about my to-do list, but being, yeah, that being fully present, you still remember that. That's right. And we don't listen, we can't go through the world like that every day, right? We really do need to kind of keep it moving. But just again, I I look at the foundation of microjoys as really being about presence, learning to be in the present, because when we are squarely in the present moment, it allows whatever else is happening to fall away momentarily. So please do practice this. Choose an ordinary place that you visit often and be present for it, truly present. Something else that I talk about in the book, you know, as a, as a way to uncover micro joys is do more nothing. Say that again. Yes. Do more nothing. Just, just <laughs> do be. more nothing. We yes. are human beings, not human doings. We've got to just be sometimes. That's it. And and listen, what a privilege to do more nothing. So I just want to clarify that to say, listen, that might look like five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Put a timer on your phone, leave your phone in a different room, just close enough so that you can hear it and allow yourself to look around the space that you're in. Not looking for anything in particular, but you're simply allowing your eye to see the space that you are in differently. And again, it brings you right back to that present moment without distraction. That's so good. And I'm going to ask you in a little bit about a takeaway tip, um, but you kind of just gave, actually, you know, maybe that's the tip. So I've, I've gotten on this kick of at the end of each episode and this, we're not at the end, but I'm jumping to this because it just makes sense. Um, asking my guests to give my listeners a takeaway tip so that they can implement whatever the book is talking about in their own life. So would that be your, your tip for, for micro joys, just being, just immersing yourself in the moment, being fully present? How would you suggest that our listeners start doing this practice in their own lives? Uh, great question. And I would say it's two things, two, two different things, actually, because the, the whole premise of micro joys is about holding grief in one hand and joy in the other. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would, would recommend, and I deeply recommend this is do not fear your emotions, allow yourself to feel the difficult feelings. So if you are going through something, if you are struggling, if you are sad or grieving, whatever that might look like, don't run from that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I would say that first and then secondarily find moments of respite in the present moment. So they sort of go hand in hand, Mm -hmm. you know, again, this isn't so much an advice book as, as you know, alternatively, more of a book for you to perceive your own micro joys. And a very easy way to do that is to allow, to use your senses to be in the present moment. And oftentimes that means allowing yourself to be present, even in the midst of the most difficult times. That's beautiful. And you're right. This book is not an advice book. We do have a lot of advice books come on the show, but this is a book full of essays on, on micro joys. And, you know, you, you're not telling us how really to experience our own micro joys, but rather showing us through your life, how you've experienced them and then really inspiring us to do it ourselves. So you, you mentioned one of your favorite essays. So I'll challenge you to, do you have another favorite from the book that just stands out to you as, wow, this really captures my pursuit of these micro joys? Yes, I would say, I mean, there are several favorites. Listen, they're all my favorites. (laughs) 
But, you know, another favorite is um, talking, there's an essay about, I, I think, I can't even remember the name of it, but essentially it's about the mundane, ordinary, everyday moments. So my husband and I were at home. It was a really cold, maybe a snowy day outside. And I walk past her bedroom and he's sitting there with his knees up and he's got a phone next to him and he's, he's watching something on the iPad. And, and another, you know, one of our cats was laying next to him and I snuck into the living room. Now I say snuck, it makes me sound like a creeper. I wasn't a creeper, but (laughs) (laughs) just need to clarify But I walked back in and I took a picture of this very mundane moment. Mm -hmm. And the reason I did that is because I was and am consistently forever building up reserves of moments of simplicity and ordinary beauty and joy. And that moment, seeing my husband in that position made me feel such deep comfort that I thought there's nothing extraordinary about this picture that I'm taking. It's my husband sitting on a bed watching his, you know, watching TV. But the way that I felt by me capturing that, if I were to open my phone right now and look at that picture, it would immediately bring me back to that moment. Mm -hmm. And it would immediately remind me of the comfort that I felt in that moment. Yeah. And that to me is, is so important when it comes to micro joys. These are not magnificent moments. They are the ordinary, the mundane, the everyday, but being present enough to feel our way through them. Well, and isn't that what life is made up of, right? It's just a million small moments that make up this mosaic of our lives, right? And it's, you know, the big moments in our lives, like getting married, having children, um, getting the promotion, buying the house. Those are, those are great and everything, but it's really just a life is just a bunch of little lived moments like that, that add up to a beautiful story, I think. So, so accurate. That is exactly yeah. it. And we, and we live them. for these big moments, right? Yes. Like we, we, we use them as our mile markers, but really the, the life is not that those, I mean, those are great, but life is really just walking in the room and seeing your husband and saying, gosh, it's my husband. I love him. And he's, and that's, that's what makes a life, you know, that's life right there. That's it. That is it. It's those moments. And those ordinary moments are the ones that pass us by. Yeah. And those because are the ones we don't notice because we're on our phone correct. We're thinking we're, about the to-do list. That is exactly those. right. And, and then we go, not, I'm, I'm 30, 36 or that's how old I am or however yeah. are, and I've missed it. And then that's right. you've got to dial back into those moments, the simple moments. That is it because we can't spend our life feigning those or feigning those really big moments. Yeah. It's like, no, those are extra, those are exceptions. Those are not the rules. That's not the normal. The everyday moments are the normal ones, the ordinary ones. Those are what we are allowing to pass by, by being on our phone, by doing a million things at once. Or if you're me by trying to fixate on getting to the mile marker moment, Mm. right. And we miss the entire journey and that's, and this, this is coming at, as many books do at the right time, you know, stop fixating on getting to the goal, whatever the goal is, and just enjoy the ride, just be there for the journey. And because yes, so, okay, so you reach the journey, you, you, you hit the goal, but what have you lost or learned along the way, if you're not dialed in and paying attention, you know? And yeah. so, yes, this is such a good reminder for me right now to just be in this life, even the messy days, even the hard days, just be here because it's all adding up to my life story and your life story. And you write that micro joys helped you restore my own relationship with hope and joy. 
once again. So you mentioned, you, you started to talk about this earlier, but how so? How did it, how did this practice help you find hope again? You know, looking, and at the time it really was actively and, and being hyper aware, but actively looking for, for what was in front of me, these moments of joy. Again, having written this book called A Year of Positive Thinking and having always been so optimistic, it was it, there was never a stretch for me to find something. And when going through the most difficult times, Rachel, I, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I simply couldn't do it. Not because, you know, my last book isn't true or the words that, or, or the beliefs that I had have shifted. They haven't. But what I realized in hindsight is that what MicroJise offer that I didn't have before was a true understanding that joy is not binary, right? Very few things in life are absolute and micro joys leave space for the spectrum of life's experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that before. I couldn't have had an understanding of that before. And so, you know, when I talk about it really restoring in this book, really writing this book, restoring my relationship with hope and joy, it became one that is more sustainable, one that is more realistic in the world that we live in today, one that allows me to hold many things at once. And you know what I found in my life is I, I'm thinking right now on a really dark season in my life about five, five and a half years ago. And it was tough. I mean, there's no two ways around it. It was a tough season for me, but sometimes, and this is very strange to say, sometimes I miss that season Mm. because it's kind of like I was um, planted then. And from that season, I bloomed and it was Mm. a dark season for me, but there is, and I, I look, universe, if you're listening, I'm not asking to go back to rock. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I'm asking for, but there is some beauty of being at rock bottom because you know that the only way to go is up and there's only growth from here. And so even I, I found in my life, and I wonder if you will as well find that even from some of our darker moments, there can be joy and good things that come from them. And that it's really just, you can't have the sunlight without darkness to contrast it. Does that make any sense? It does. You you wouldn't know what sunlight was if it was sunlight all the time. And Mm -hmm. so I just think, you know, wherever listeners, wherever you're at in your life, I'm not saying that, you know, you should stick around in a dark place for a really long time, but there will be beauty to come from it. And I, and, and micro joys is, is a great way to, to help find that beauty. And you write in the book, micro joys transform the narrative of what it means to experience joy from some, from something ethereal and often unattainable on many days to a phenomenon that is genuine and deeply accessible for everyone always. So as I said earlier in the show, I've always said, and I think I learned this from my grandmother, that happiness is circumstantial. Joy is independent of whatever situation we're facing. So I'm just, I'm just wondering if you agree with that, because I think we can find joy everywhere, anywhere. I, I do agree with parts of that. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, something that I think is really important to mention, which is you know, micro joys are not silver linings. And I think we have this culture of toxic positivity, which by the way, is not what you're saying, Rachel, but I want to clarify this for the folks that are listening. And we've had the author of toxic positivity on this show. And I am, I try to very much not be toxically positive. Yeah. And 
Well, but, and I think sometimes when someone hears joy, they, you know, it sort of goes into this place of good vibes only, right. Or needing, or needing to make something positive out of something horrible Mm -hmm. and writing this book, it just put me deeply into a moment of saying, no, I'm not going to look for a silver lining. It, mm-hmm. My nephew's not here. My mom's not here. I still had cancer. Like these things are still true. And so I just think we have to be really careful when we are in those difficult times to not feel and to not make other people feel as though they have to look on the bright side mm-hmm. or, or in that moment to seek something beautiful in an effort to make a horrible situation better, Absolutely. you know, and, Good and again, it's like, no, we've got to hold both of those things. The dark times are dark times. And if, if we are, if we are lucky enough, you know, we will, we will, if we are lucky enough and aware enough and hopeful enough, perhaps we will find the lessons and learnings in hindsight, mm-hmm. but we don't want, I don't want anyone to walk away feeling as though in their darkest times, they have to be mindful that something good may come of it. It's like, maybe it will, maybe it won't. What I do know is that we will be okay, whatever version of it is. And that, that time, that moment will pass regardless of how good, regardless of how perceived bad it is temporary. That is a good point. And I'm very happy that you, that you said that because sometimes the situation is just terrible and there is no good to be found in it. It's just hard and it's just awful. And so thank you for bringing that up because that's, yeah, this book is not a toxic positivity book at all. And it's not unrealistic or woo woo or pie in the sky. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it really embraces. Cause you, I mean, as I said, as you said, you've been there, like, I mean, that, that season of your life, again, not a grief competition, but it would be hard to rival all of the things that went back to back to back that you experienced. And that just, it, it just sucked quite frankly to, to be, you know, just brazen, but yeah, I think that's really important too. And, um, I'm wondering, I'm sitting here wondering what was your most recent micro joy that you experienced? Oh, you know, my most, my most recent micro joy was turning on my camera and seeing your red lipstick. <laughs> okay. So we, I, we record, um, that, thank you for that. That's the, the, okay, how, is that, how is that your micro joy? That makes me feel so good. What a burst. Of, well, because here's the thing, right? I have a new book coming out. I'm doing a lot of podcasts and interviews right, and, right, right. and what a privilege, but also to see somebody who's got this bright red lipstick on, it's like, <laughs> oh. you know, it's like a little bit of sunshine, lip- unexpected sun. Yeah. And as do I, and I'm not wearing any. So to look at you, you um, your hair done today. I did. I did. Which was, which thank you, which was a night, another micro joy, but truly it was turning on the camera and going, Oh, look at that. Oh, well, you've just made my day. Thank you. Because (laughs) we, we do these podcasts, um, audio only. So we turn off the camera. So the audio is better, but you came on camera and I was like, well, I'm going to come on camera too. say hi. And boom, I'm so glad you like this. <laughs> this is a, I'm not getting, I wish I was getting ad dollars from Revlon, but this is Revlon cherries in the snow. One oh, of my classic. favorite red shades. So go, go buy you some Revlon cherries in the snow. I, I do love a good red lipstick when I, I've even, no matter what kind of day I'm having, if I put on the red lipstick or any lipstick for that matter, 
that's my signal. Like, okay, you're going to go kill it right now. Yes. You're going to go, you're going to go kick some ass right now. You got, yes. the, you got the lipstick on. You're, you're going to do this. Well, thank you for that. I, that you have just made my entire day. So <laughs> that's your micro joy. <laughs> yes. That is my micro joy of the day. Mm. So I just have, I loved this book. I've loved this time with you, but my last question for you is what do you hope readers take away from the book. What do you ultimately hope they close the book and say, okay, wow, I'm going to walk into life a little bit differently now. You know, what I hope that folks walk away with is this understanding that grief and joy are intimate dance partners in this lifetime. Mm. Life will not stop coming at us, but micro joys allow us to coexist with life as it is. Whoa. That's really beautifully said. I I have to actually take a second and like process that for a minute. That's, that's, I wish that wasn't our last question because I, that's like, I'm going to end this awkwardly now that I'm just thinking about that, but wow, that's, you just, you just really understand. And I think that you get it because you've lived it and I'm living it right now too. I mean, I'm in a season of, of profound grief as well. And, um, I just, I, I need to, I need to take a step back and, and practice this micro joy practice that even though it's tough right now, and I don't want to rush this tough chapter because there is, there, there are things to be learned from it. I, I hope, but, um, there's also joy to be found in the middle of it too. And I hope that listeners take that away. Um, I appreciate you being here so much. I love this passage from the book, despite everything, we are still here and, Thank God for that. The book is Micro Joys, Finding Hope, Especially When Life Is Not Okay. It is out February 28th. Cindy, thank you so much for being here today. Rachel, thank you for this beautiful conversation. Cindy, thank you so much for that conversation. The book, again, is Micro Joys, Finding Hope, Especially When Life Is Not Okay. It is out right now, wherever you get your nonfiction books. So listeners from June, 2021 to now, let's keep having great conversations about nonfiction books, shall we? And one more quick note before I go, joy is all around us. And joy is the name of my beautiful mother, my very first fan and biggest cheerleader. She in particular really loves I'd rather be reading. And I'm so thankful for that. Mom, you are not a micro joy. You are a mega joy. (laughs) And I dedicate this 100th episode and this entire show to you. One of your biggest dreams for me as a little girl was that I would love to read and you instilled that in me. And for that and so much more, I thank you and I love you. We'll be back later this week with another great nonfiction book for you to read. And listeners, thank you for being on this journey with me. I've said it before, but nothing would be possible without you.